Welcome to Rookies Real Quick. My name is Rick Smith. I'm here with Todd Wagner. How you doing, Todd? I'm well. How art thou, friends? All right. Well, hey, speaking of how art thou, friends, <laughs> we have done an episode on what is the best Bible translation to use. We, we did a whole lot of them, so check yeah. that episode out. Yeah. But King James Version of the Bible, not the new King James, yeah. King James Version of the Bible. Yeah. Uh, is that the best Bible translation yet? What Bible translation do you have there? Uh, this is New American Standard. And you know why it is? That's the Bible that I really started to memorize Scripture in. Um, and so it's hard for me to push off that because so much of where I know Scripture, even this particular publisher, I know that this proverb is in the lower left-hand side of that page, even if I can't always remember the exact verse that it's in. I'm pretty doggone familiar with this Bible. And I understand why some people are partial to the King James Version. It has been called one of the greatest works ever of English prose. Um, some people will say, and believe it or not, they'll go, hey, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Well, there's a problem with people who say that about the King James Version. Jesus didn't read the King James Version, right. obviously. Uh, in fact, a lot of people will go, well, it's the very first translation we've ever got in English. And it wasn't. There were actually two English Bibles before this. One's called the Great Bible that was commissioned by Henry VIII in the 16th century. And then another one a little bit later called the Bishop's Bible. Um, King James in 1604 said, we need a Bible that's going to have some of the specific doctrinal passions of the Church of England. And so 43 different scholars worked for eight years from 1604 to 1611 to put together the King James Bible. And uh, it's an amazing work, uh, especially for its day and age. For the next, I don't know what, 270 years, there was no other option. If you read your Bible and you read English, you read the King James Version. Until about 1881, there were other versions that started to come online, and some people um, weren't real fond of them. In the same way that King James wanted to see certain doctrines brought out in that particular translation, that effort by those scholars of the Church of England, they probably felt like others were trying to bring out um, different points. Now, let me just say a few things. The King James Version is an effort at formal equivalence, okay? This, this goes back to that real truth real quick you mentioned at the very beginning, Rick, which is um, what Bible translation should I read? And, and let's just remind people right now what we say. Go, go listen to that because we really go through all of the modern day translations yep. in there. But at the end of the day, I say, which one are you going to read? Okay. If you're not going to read a Bible or read the King James Version, I say read the King James Version. But the question here is, what's the most accurate? Is the King James the most accurate? Listen, to my friends who are watching this who love the King James Version, you rightly do you love God's Word. But the King James translation doesn't even claim to be the most accurate. Do you know why? Because since 1611, there's been over 100,000 adaptations of the King James Version. And there's still some that need to be made for, for two reasons. One, because you don't speak the same way today that we used to speak. So, so idioms and colloquialisms that are used um, in a certain culture may not always be the ones that are used here. We were kidding around just a second ago. Like, you know, I think you said somebody- Be kind, rewind. Yeah, people go, what do you mean be kind, <laughs> be, be, be kind, rewind? What's that even referring to? Kids today won't even know. It's about VHS tapes before you put them back there at Blockbuster. And pay 50 cents. Right? <laughs> if there was a guy that said one day, man, you're high as a kite, you know, there was a day and age where there wasn't even such a thing as a kite. They're going like, what are you even talking about, okay? In the same way, there used to be people who would use expressions that we don't use anymore that don't mean very much to us. Even the translators of the King James Version understood that. So um, as an example, uh, here's a famous one that, that the scholars have observed. Um, 
when you read the original Hebrew in formal equivalence, formal equivalence is when you, if there's 15 words in this language, we want to use 15 words over here, all right? We're really concerned about matching the grammar, okay? That's formal equivalence. Dynamic equivalence or functional equivalence is when you take words in one language and you try and make sure that you're not just true to the grammar, but you're true to the meaning, okay? Uh, King James was an effort at formal equivalence. That's what the NAS is. That's what the ESV is. Go see that other real truth real quick, okay? But they even understood. We can't say that because, like, at one point, it talks about in the Scripture, in the Hebrew, it says God's nostrils enlarged. And you're like, well, what in the world? What do you think that the Hebrew writers meant when they said God's nostrils enlarged? He was angry. He was, fu- he was frustrated. It doesn't mean he walked into a, a room where there's a bunch of Lindberger cheese and went, man, this is rank. Yeah. And so that's what they did. They put in there, God was angered. Okay? And so even the King James Version, it's been, A, adopted to their culture a little bit. B, it's been changed 100,000 times since then. And, and, and the manuscript evidence, the manuscript is a copy of the original. We have found older copies of the original writings of Scripture since the King James Version was done. There's more scholarship. And so those blessed scholars didn't have the resources that we have today. And so they didn't make all the adaptations. Now, you mentioned earlier the new King James Version is much more accurate okay, than the King James Version, and it ought to be because it's newer. It uses new scholarship, okay? But the King James Version sometimes has some woodenness to it because it's trying to keep the King's English. We don't speak the King's English. It doesn't make much sense to us. I, I, I teasingly say, if somebody says, should I read the King James Version, or, or, or you know, um, do you want the King James Version? If somebody responds, yay, verily, yay, then, then that's probably the Bible you ought to give them. Yeah. But people aren't going to do that, right? And so I use the NAS, which until recently was probably unparalleled in its scholarship in terms of formal equivalency updated into modern English. The ESV made that same effort. That's why most people today are using the ESV, which is just slightly different, a little less awkward than the NAS. That's why the NAS did an update, okay? And then there's the NIV, which is not as good as like even the NLT, which I think is better scholarship, and, and others that are dynamic equivalents. Go see that other real truth real quick, but here's the deal. No, the King James is not the most accurate. It's not the Bible that Jesus read. And I think if the guys that wrote it were here, they would tell you, I mean, you don't even speak that way. The Bible is already, as it says in 2 Peter, difficult to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort to their own destruction. Why would you even put down their language on top of that that you have to decipher and make sense of yourself so you can understand the true meaning of the text? All right, so no, it's not the most accurate. If it's the only Bible you're reading, way to go, keep reading it. But you might want to find a translation that maybe is a little bit more accessible for you. Yeah, good. And we're not here to, you know, pick on people that use certain translations. You, you use NASB, I use ESV, yeah. we're, we're still friends. And it's it's really trying to figure out, hey, what's gonna what's the most accurate translation? That's what we, that's, that's what we want to use. Get good scholarship. If you love the King James, read the New King James, right? Because they would tell you that's just updated scholarship. But probably, uh, and not, not just updated scholarship, but updated language, okay? That Bible's been changed 100,000 times and needs some more, just like I'm sure like my beloved NAS will be tweaked, all right? All right, great. Well, listen, if you're interested in learning more about this topic, I'm going to put a link in the show notes from one of the leading New Testament scholars in the world, a friend of ours, Dr. Dan Wallace, yeah. and you can check that out and dive in a little bit deeper there. I got a lot of that information from here. Yeah, I really did. It's good stuff. Dan's a, a great scholar. Read all his stuff. And uh, it's good to have you with us. See you later.